talking to you. It's the new year, and this is Hannah Kessler here, as you're hearing my voice. I am here with my dad, Brent Kessler, and we have just one topic that we want to have a discussion about today. The topic that we want to go over is when should I start to bank finance? When is a good time that maybe I would not use the policy loan money to go out and do a business venture, uh, etc.? When should I go to the banks and take out a bank loan? So I am joined here with Dad. Say hi, Dad. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Happy New Year. And so, so Dad, this is a really big question that pops up because of the low interest rate environment that we're in right now. You know, home mortgages right now, some folks I see them have 3-4% loans on their home mortgages. So when and why is it a good idea it, to not use my policy and to go down to the bank? And another thing that I want to get into in this conversation is, you know, Nelson Nash, Nash has always told us rule number four, don't do business with the banks. So I, I just want to leave it as an open discussion and have you uh, jump into it. Yeah, no, good. Yeah, great, Hannah. So anyway, here's my thought on it. You know, this is just my opinion and everybody might not agree with me. And I know Nelson Nash would definitely not agree with me. But again, the thing that you got to remember is where Nelson came from. Nelson Nash was back in the, like, um, anyway, the early 1980s or so. And he was there and actually he owed at that time, I know of at least a half a million dollars Nelson Nash owed. And it was at like 18 to 21% interest that he owed that money on. And also the 18 to 21% were for prime uh, borrowers, right? They were people that were prime, like above the average borrower. And Nelson says he was not the prime borrower. Well, if you're not a prime borrower, they're going to add a couple points onto the mortgage. So he found himself at 21 to 23% interest. And, you know, if if you knew Nelson, you read about Nelson, he was a man of faith. And Nelson often talked about, he said, you know, he said, I kind of found myself um, well, just at nighttime because he would pray every night before he went to bed and he would find himself kind of like just like in the kneeling position, right? So like on um, the end of his bed before he was going to bed and he was like saying, God, help me get out of this mess. You know, please find a way or help to show me a way to get out of this financial nightmare that I have put myself into. Now, also, Nelson would go on and say that it was his responsibility. Nobody put him there other than himself. He created this financial mess for himself. And then he says, well, it was kind of like um, a baseball bat that hit him across the eyes where it was like God was saying to him, Nelson, you have these whole life policies that you have funded for many, many years. And the thing you can do is you can go get loans from these whole life policies at like six, eight percent or somewhere around there to help get you out of this mess. And it was then that really started this whole transformation of, of what we now know as the infinite banking concept. So anyway, um, quite a bit of information there, but the point of all of that is, 
is if uh, you're sitting here talking to Nelson, and of course, you know, back in March of 2019 is when we lost Nelson, but if Nelson was sitting here, he would tell you, I would almost bet that he would tell you, just based on the teachings and the time that I've been around him and the stuff that I've learned from Nelson, is he would tell you, he would say, Brent, no matter what, don't do business with banks. Right. Don't do business with banks. And the reason he's saying that is because we're adding to the problem. We're adding to this whole banking fiasco that is out there. And all we're doing is contributing to the problem by going to the bank and borrowing money. Now, with that being said, what kind of world do we live in now? Well, basically, right now, as we are talking, you know, January of 2022, we are in a very low interest rate environment. And we've been in a low interest rate environment for quite some time. And basically just what I mean by that is what is just what Anna kind of pointed out was that today the thing you can do is go out and get a home mortgage for, you know, two and a half, three, three and a half, four percent. So we're in a very low interest rate environment. Now, if you go take out a policy loan, the thing you're going to do is you're going to pay 5% on the policy loan. But remember, it's not all about rate. It's about who's in control of the money. Because if you borrow money from a bank, the bank is in control. Because, see, the bank doesn't care as far as how you pay back the loan back. They don't care if there's a pandemic. They don't care if there's, ro if there's protests and riots going on. They don't care if you're sick. They don't care what's going on in your life. They want their money when they want it, and they want it now, and they want it in a timely manner. And if you don't pay them, what are they going to do? They're going to start the process of foreclosing or taking the property or what's collateralized against that loan. All right? So they are in control. You are kind of, for the lack of a better word, you're a slave to the bank. You know, you are a slave to the bank. I had someone send me a text message yesterday. And it was kind of like those like, like, like TikTok videos that they do. And I think this was just a caption of, of, of the TikTok video. And, and anyway, so here's what it said. It says, okay, the thing you can do is you can go get a home, uh, like a home mortgage, and you can finance it for like 30 years. So now you are in debt. You're in financial prison, per se, to the bank for the next 30 years. Or what you could do is go rob a bank and just take the money or steal the money, and most likely you'll be out in 10 years. From so prison. from prison, you'll be out of prison in 10 years. So like, would you rather be a slave to the bank and owe them on your mortgage for the next 30 years, or would you just rather rob a bank, steal the money, pay for the house, and in 10 years you'll be out of prison? And then on the bottom of it it says, please, please follow me for more financial advice. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. But it's kind of funny, but it's the truth, right? Because when you owe the bank, you are at their mercy. You are a slave to them. And a lot of times you can't get out of it. I mean, right? I mean, especially if the value of the property goes down, you know, which we saw that back in, what, 2007, 2008, where everybody had to sell the properties for way less than what they bought. They had to do short sales on the house, and people got into financial nightmares. I know many people that just lost, you know, their junk during all of that stuff. So, again, if you borrow from a bank, you have to be disciplined to know you're going to pay them back, right? You have to be disciplined with the money, and you have to have a plan to pay them back. If not, you're better off borrowing 
from yourself, and I say yourself, it's not really from yourself, but kind of it is. You know, it's it's basically you're putting your policy up for collateral, taking a loan from the general fund of the insurance company, and you're going to pay them back if and when you want. Remember, the loan on the policy never has to be paid back. So it's all about the control factor. It's all about the control factor. Now, let me kind of conclude with this. Here's what I do. I will borrow money all day long from a conventional bank at 3, 4, 5%. Okay? I will borrow money all day long. For example, on a house, let's just say I own a house for $1 million. Let's just say it doesn't matter if it's $100,000 or $1 million, right? But let's say I own the house and I own it free and clear. And I'm just going to use an example of a $1 million house. Well, what good does the equity do me? in that $1 million house if I have it paid off? Well, it gives me a peace of mind, but other than that, what does it really do? It doesn't really do anything but give me the peace of mind. I have that million dollars tied up because I had to pay the bank or I had to pay whoever I bought the house from so the million dollars, I have zero mortgage. I own the house outright. I have a peace of mind that I own it free and clear. But I would rather take a loan from the bank, and let's just say they're going to give me 80% of the million, so now I could have $800,000 that the bank will give me, and I can either do a bank mortgage, or I could even do a home equity line of credit if I wanted to, right? A HELOC or a bank mortgage, right? I mean, either way, there's not a right or wrong answer necessarily. It depends on your situation. But so either way, so now I go get a loan, because, because actually a HELOC is really a loan, right? I mean, it's just a lot of people think of a HELOC as as not a bank mortgage, but in a sense, it is a bank mortgage. It's just like normally when people have HELOCs, it's the second mortgage on their house. So they have the primary mortgage, and then the second mortgage is their HELOC, all right? But either way, so now I got this property worth a million dollars, and I go out and I can get a loan from a bank, whether it's a HELOC or I do a whole mortgage with the bank or whatever, and now I'm paying, uh, and I'm able to get 80% or 800000 Well, that $800,000... I could have it two, three, four percent, you know, maybe five percent or whatnot. But now the bank has that mortgage. I owe the bank, so I better be disciplined with my money because I got I can't skip beats on that. I can't skip a payment. I got to make the payments. But now, guess what? I just did to the eight hundred thousand dollars. I freed that money up, and I'm able to go put it in other opportunities. And this is what I do. So what I'll do is I'll take that eight hundred thousand. I might go do a hard money loan, which I have collateral, and usually based that collateral is based with equity of some sort, or I'm in first position on real estate. So whoever I loan the money to, if they don't pay, I can foreclose on their real estate the same way a bank would foreclose on you if you didn't pay your mortgage, because I'm in first position. I could go out and buy an Airbnb. Actually, um, so uh, Terry... Um, just talked, okay, so like Terry and our team just had a meeting with somebody yesterday that took their policy loan money and they went and bought an Airbnb. They funded a policy last year and, and basically she was, she met them in person doing their review with them. Um, and they took the, the dollars from the policy loan and they're doing, uh, and, and they went out and purchased an Airbnb. So I do that. I, I can purchase a long-term rental, a short-term rental, a buy and hold, a fix and flip, right? Multifamily. Multifamily, you know, um, RAL, we can do, right, the, um, basically the residential assisted living facilities, right? So now I own that asset and that asset is generating me income, right? Or 
Let's say I don't do the asset. Let's say I do the hard money loan and I loan the money out at 10%. So now I'm making 10%. Well, do I really care if I'm paying the bank 3 4 5% interest if I'm making 10%? No, not at all. I'll do that all day long. I will pay a bank all day long. I will pay a bank 50 cents every day to make a dollar every day. I'll do that deal every day of the week, 365 days a year. So, but it's all in how you're thinking. It's all in the opportunities that come available. And the, and so the thing that I've found out during the course of my lifetime, the more money that I have, opportunities will come a knocking. Sometimes you got to go look for them, but more and more opportunities will come back. So when you have money available to put into deals or to loan money, you will find the opportunities that will come by. And if you can't find them, call me, text me, email me, and I'll help turn you on to some that I can't do because I physically can't do all the ones that come across the table. So there's plenty out there. I've even done deals with clients before other people where they want to get in into the lending game or things like that. And they say, well, Brent, I really don't want to do it. This is the first one I've done. And I said, I'll, and for example, I'll say something like, okay, Mary, well, if you don't do it, I'm going to do it. Here's an opportunity for you. Do you want to do it or do you want me to do it? And for example, Mary will say, well, Brent, I want to do it, but I don't want to do it all. But are you willing to do it with me? And absolutely, 100% I am. All right, Mary, I'll loan half of the money. Let's just call it 100 grand. I'll loan 50 grand. You loan 50 grand, and we'll be in it together. So I will never, ever, ever talk to somebody about doing a loan or doing an investment if I'm not willing to do it myself. So anything I'm going to talk to you about, I am willing to get in the pool and swim with you, and I'm willing to do that myself. So anyway, just a couple thoughts on that. So I guess the end of that, Hannah, is I think the answer is not a yes or a no. The answer is it just depends on the circumstances, the situation, how competent you feel, how comfortable you feel, how disciplined mm -hmm. you are with your money. So the right thing does not, or actually the yes or no answer does not fit everybody. I personally, I'll borrow money from a bank all day long, long and take that money that could have been tied up with the bank by having equity and I will go and I will put that money to work much harder. Good, and I'm glad you touched on the word discipline because that's what I wanted you, you to uh, talk about is, is in order to borrow money from a bank, I do believe that you have to be disciplined with your dollars and understand what's going on. So I'm glad that you used that word. All right, well, thanks, Dad. We will meet back here next week, and we're going to be coming out with a weekly podcast now this year of 2022. So uh, catch us next week for another topic, and we'll dive in deeper into it. All right, and if you need us, go to our website, www.themoneymultiplier.com. Uh, you can go on the website, and Brent and myself, we're always on there, or or call us, text us. You know, my cell phone number is 913 Nine zero eight three five one one and uh, uh, Pops is 785-248-9637. You can call him Pops or you can call him Brent Kessler, whatever you'd like. <laughs> and that's our timer to be done. So I appreciate y'all. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day and talk soon.